Syracuse basketball went into the transfer portal, gets a former top 40 recruit in Chance Westry, a guy that could potentially give Syracuse its most guard depth in nearly a decade. But it is not a guarantee. Let's break it all down on your Locked On Syracuse Tuesday. Let's go right to it. Our Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, happy Tuesday, and a big Tuesday episode following some massive news for Syracuse basketball. Owen Valentine here on your Lockdown Syracuse Tuesday. Thank you so much for making Lockdown Syracuse your first listen today and every day. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast. Chance Westry, he had Syracuse and just what, about a year ago, a little more than a year ago, as part of the 2022 recruiting class, was a big focus of Syracuse's recruiting efforts, goes to Auburn, has a year where he battled with an injury, and then the rest of the year uh, was recovering from injury, enters the portal, Syracuse's name pops up a second time, and this time was the magic time for Syracuse. Chance Westry, a former top 40 player in the class of 2022, makes his way to Syracuse with four years of eligibility left. And I think that's a huge number as we will get into breaking him down, who he is, what you can expect, things like that throughout this entire episode. But one of the biggest factors that I think will go a long way for Syracuse is right now their 2023 class has one name. And it's a massive question mark in William Patterson, who seems like, you know, at 7-2, he's got the height, but a longer-term project. A guy that, you know, maybe you do Jesse Edwards types things where he's year three, year four, going to be a contributor for you. Doesn't seem like a day one contributor. That's your only name in the class of 2023. Courtesy of what we believe is going to be a medical redshirt, Chance Westry is basically a freshman coming to Syracuse, joining Patterson in the 2023 class. He'll have four years of eligibility in central New York and the potential to make a massive, massive impact on Syracuse's guard rotation. Now, Chance Wester, as I mentioned, is a question mark. I will say that. This is a big deal for Syracuse. He was a highly sought-after recruit in the portal. Syracuse competed with the likes of St. John's, Penn State, Creighton, Seton Hall. Uh, teams that you know are not necessarily the cream of the crop in basketball right now, but that next sort of tier of teams Syracuse competing with for Westry for this one. And I will throw in there, Auburn wanted him back. So this is not a guy that they wanted to leave and a guy that you're happy to see go, a guy that they wanted back. But he is a question mark. He played limited games this year. I believe it was 11 games, averaged just over two points per game in nine minutes of contest. Now you need to take that with a grain of salt. He was battling through injury. The knee was bothering him. He was playing through the pain. And finally, you know, the Auburn medical staff, coaching staff, whoever, chipped in and said, hey, let's let's be smart here. 
let's do something to make sure that you can have a college career instead of you forcing it, forcing it, forcing it, and it getting worse. So you're going to, you're going to expect more, right? Than, than nine minutes to and change a game for sure. But how well can he recover from that knee injury? And what is in terms of jump, right? You still need to see that jump. What is the jump that you can expect to see from him this time around when the knee is in theory healthy? That is the question mark surrounding Chance Western. But this is a big time get for Syracuse, for Adrian Autry, who seems to be, uh, his presence has been duly noted, him continuing to be on the recruiting trails. Even guys that don't end up committing to Syracuse talking about how important it has been in terms of getting back into the conversation to see Autry at all of these games and at all of these, you know, high school practices and then being a presence. And this is the long game. This was the, uh, Hey, uh, Hey, so-and-so what if, uh, if neither of us have a prom date, let's go together. And Syracuse, you know, is, uh, <laughs> this is a terrible example, I guess, but Syracuse was the best friend when, uh, when, <laughs> when the girl's boyfriend breaks up with him the week of the prom and, and now they're going together. And we're going to give it a shot. We're going to see what happens. That is sort of this Chance Western situation. You were there. You were there early. You were always a friend. And uh, you made the top 10, right? You were you were a part of it. Goes to Auburn. Things at Auburn don't necessarily work out. Breaks his heart. Breaks her heart. Broken knee. Hurt knee. And now you find your way in central New York. That's why I'm saying, portal-wise, you see the benefits of not burning bridges, right? If you are a Syracuse fan and someone commits somewhere else, wish them luck. You don't have to be hostile to a guy uh, committing to another spot because it goes a long way, right? Having that established relationship play dividends in this decision in Westry coming to Central New York. Uh, he is a guy that, you know, per his, his NIL agent of sorts, per uh, a Mike Waters article over at Syracuse.com, said it was more about fit and NIL was going to happen afterwards. You'll figure that out once you get there, which based on, and whether you agree with it or not, that is not today's episode. That was yesterday's episode for our everydayers. I'm sure you've heard it. If not, I got into the uh, NIL conversation with regards to Syracuse yesterday on the Monday episode. Feel free to check that out. But today, that seems like the approach Syracuse wants to take is getting guys in because they want to be here and fit here. And that that's goes a long way, right? Having guys that want to be there, guys that aren't there for strictly money reasons. And figure it out once he gets there. And, and so it seems like the approach matched up NIL-wise, which did go a long way with regards to Westry, and I think is one of the main reasons that you end up getting him here. So who is Chance Westry? Right? He's a 6'6" combo guard he would self-label as i think he's more of a two uh and we'll break down why and we'll get into that uh in a little bit in terms of where he fits into this rotation some of the questions with regards to syracuse's roster uh and rotation as a result to this news but this is a guy who you know you're sort of trying to piece together what the accurate description of his play is six six so for a guard he's got real good size uh, he can shoot the ball despite uh, a very small sample size of 0 for 14 shooting the three this season. He can shoot the ball better than that. He's not going to be a great shooter. 
And I think we'll we'll get into where that plays in in a second as well. It's a guy that can finish at the rim. Uh, defensively is very, very solid, is a presence, 4.4% steal rate. But he is also, and I think his biggest asset too, uh, on top of being able to finish at the rim, is he is a very, very strong distributor. Sees the floor really well, passes the ball, sees things, court vision is really, really solid. And I think his decision-making matches up with that a lot of the time and that he is able to see things uh, and find, you know, some, some passes and some finishes for other people that you wouldn't normally see. And that is one of the strong points. And if you are ever looking for, I got to give them a shout out because they are absolutely amazing uh, insight on, on guys in the portal search up. It's at CBB transfer portal on YouTube they do little breakdown videos for pretty much everybody in the portal. And it goes through their highlights with some advanced stats, some strengths, some weaknesses, some tendencies, things like that. And the breakdown of, of Westry was, was talking about his ability to score at the rim. Uh, the majority, or not the majority, the most, the highest percentage of his field goal attempts were at the rim and, and finishing through contact and, and being able to score in traffic. At a decent clip, he shot 62%. Uh, inside and finishing at the rim and close to the basket, which is probably the biggest strength. And then the second most points came from, I think it was a left elbow jumper was the analysis in that video. But the talks in terms of positives were that assist rate, uh, 19% assist rate uh, is, is the nod there. He sees the court well, he passes the ball well, and the steal rate, uh, 4.5% steal rate, uh, very solid defensively. And I think one of the biggest things is going to be he is with his height, with his speed, with his mobility and the added length. He's a guy that can guard probably the one through the three very easily next season and and possibly in certain instances hold his own against maybe an undersized four. But I might be pushing the table there. It's a big time addition with a lot of potential. But there are a lot of question marks with regards to Chance Western. We talked about it. We will talk about it. How do you recover from a knee injury? What kind of jump do you make whilst healthy? And what was lost, if anything, in the year off or the six months off, uh, courtesy of the knee injury? Another question mark has to do with his position. Because he says he's a combo guard. He's a 6'6 guy. With a lot of speed, a lot of length, a lot of ability. But where does he fit in the rotation for Syracuse? And where do we foresee him slotting in the most minutes next season? We'll take a quick break. We'll talk about FanDuel, and we'll break that down on the other side. Grand slams, no hitters, and double plays. They're all back, and there's no better place to get in the MLB action than FanDuel or Sportsbook. That's because right now new customers can step to the plate with a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, sign up, place your first bet, and get up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if you don't win. They have so many fun bets on there. You can pick home runs, strikeout over-unders, build yourself a same-game parlay, boost those odds right up there, and get yourself a good payday. So don't miss your chance to get a no-sweat first bet. That's up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up 
FanDuel, the official partner of Major League Baseball. Okay, Owen Valentine here on your Locked On Syracuse Tuesday. Big news in the transfer portal. Chance Westry, the 2022 top 40 recruit who went to Auburn, entered the transfer portal, and has found a new home in the 315. That's right, Chance Westry to Syracuse, the 6'6 combo guard with a ton of upward potential, a very high ceiling, makes his way to Syracuse, commits to Syracuse uh, over the likes of St. John's, Penn State, Creighton, Seton Hall, and probably some others as well. And the nod was to the coaching staff. Syracuse, the longtime interest being there year after year after year. I think in that Waters article, he talked about how that was a pretty long relationship that they've had. And they followed along with Westry for so long that that really did play itself out as an incredibly important factor. And probably, per that article, the deciding factor in Westry making his way to Syracuse. The 6'6 guy, a guy that can pass the ball really well and is listed as a combo guard and is a self-proclaimed combo guard. Where does he fit in the Syracuse lineup? Now, the first thing you need to discuss is the question mark around Judah Mitz. And right now, you know, the quick update, if you look at a handful of, of draft mocks and round two mocks where they exist, he's a mid to late round two guy. I've seen him anywhere from probably 45 to 55 in terms of second round picks, mid to late second round. Does he come back? Does he not? That's the question. And I'm going to put this out there. If Judah Mintz comes back, that sets Syracuse up guard-wise for years to come and sets an incredible foundation as they move forward at the guard location. If Judah comes back for year two and you can run a starting guard duo of Judah Mintz and J.J. Starling with a chance Westry coming off the bench to contribute where he needs to be, you are going to be an incredible, incredible backcourt. Without question, without question, that'll be one of the best trios in the ACC, very realistically, and an incredibly high ceiling in terms of potential as a guard trio, cycling through, sharing minutes, things of that nature. And I know you're going to say, you know, Judah Mintz isn't there to share minutes. J.J. Starling isn't there to share minutes. It's not shared minutes as a negative thing. It's shared minutes as a really, really good asset for Syracuse to be able to boost even more. So that's your your natural fit, right? A guy like, you know, Quadir Copeland can, can funnel in there a little bit as well at the guard spot, depending on game, depending on situation, depending on what you're looking for. The big question is, you know, as, as he is a guy that can play the one, the two, probably the three, where does he play? And I would assume the majority of his minutes would be at the two. And I'm going to tell you why here, and it is a nod to our Locked On Auburn host, Zach Blackerby, uh, who I was talking with a little bit before I jumped on today. He said that one of the biggest things, and this was also pointed out in that CBB transfer portal video, is the turnover rate and the ability to handle the ball as a one. His turnover percentage last season was 21%. That means that one in five of his possessions Ended in a turnover. 
That says a lot. That's not good, right? That's bad in terms of dribbling in that capacity. And that was one of Blackerby's points was the ball handling was a little bit of a question mark. And the question is not, you know, can he play at that level? Can he finish at the rim? Can he shoot a mid-range? Is the three ball actually okay? The question is, can he handle the ball? And I think when you look at two guys, you're going to at least have one of them and possibly, I'd say a good chance, at having a second one in Starling and Mintz that are going to be your one. And there are going to be incredibly rare instances where neither of them are on the court. And I think you have your one established pretty effectively. So Westry would succeed the most at the two, seems like the natural spot for him to play. Can get to the rim, can distribute when he needs to, uh, moves really well off the ball, can get out and run, things of that nature. It's going to help that play style that Autry is trying to run uh, and the speed of play, the pace of play, the defense Uh, The defense switching to man, being a little bit more in your face, things like that, he is a huge contributor. And I think he can defend another team's too with the best of them, with that speed, with that mobility, with the agility, especially with a healthy knee. He can clamp you when he needs to. The two seems like the best fit. And here's the, the take that maybe could surprise people, I guess, the most is I don't think the second most minutes come at the one spot. I think his second most minutes will come at the three because of his height, his size, his ability to defend. I think you could see a three-guard lineup with ease where you've got a Judah, a JJ, and a Westry on the court at the same time. Now talk about a trio of guards that can finish at the rim. Your biggest issue and where he might take a hit in terms of minutes is Westry is the third of those guards. And I don't think anybody is there to question that at this point in time. Does he have a ceiling that can compare to levels where Judah and Starling are? Possibly. Not set in stone by any means, but possibly in terms of high school ranking, in terms of projection, things of that nature. But he is the number three of those three guards. And none of those three guards shoot the three at a great number. And Quadir Copeland doesn't hit the three at a great number. So where his minutes might take the most hit is in the fact that Syracuse is going to need three-point shooters. And their three-point shooters are Chris Bell, Benny Williams, yeah, you know, 39% from three last year, um, can shoot the three, has shown he can shoot the three, finished the season incredibly hot from three. And Justin Taylor is your third. You don't have a Joe Girard who is a three-point threat and who is being locked down around the arc, surrounding anywhere he could shoot the ball from with that extended range that we all know damn well he'll pull the trigger from. You don't have that three-point threat. So being able to finish at the rim is a huge asset, and they all have that ability. But you are going to need to find minutes for your three-point shooters. And that is where his minutes could take a bit of a hit in year one. In year two, you're going to assume Judah is out the door, right? Gone. See ya. Bye-bye. That's where the Western minutes can pick back up. And then, and that's why I talked about this is establishing the guard room for years to come. You bring in Choppa. You bring in Elijah Moore. 
who is, you know, I think if at the top 80 right now as a four star in the 2024 class. And now you are starting to establish, you know, what you had in the late 2010s or the early 2010s, late 2000s, where you had, you know, guards coming in year after year after year and really solid guards. That is what you've started to establish by bringing in Chance Westry, by bringing in J.J. Starlin, by bringing in uh, or bringing back Judah Mintz, if that can happen. And then Elijah Moore coming in the following year after this has happened. This is a really, really good guard room. And I think, unfortunately, Quadir Copeland might find himself as the odd man out right now, given the, the presumed healthy jump that you could get out of Chance Westry. We'll see what happens with Quadir Copeland because he is a guy that I, I is, is very much good enough to play at a D1 level, and that's not the question here. But his minutes continue to take hits as Syracuse brings guards in, in the portal. And we'll wrap up today by sort of setting the scene. Syracuse has done an incredible job bringing guards in in this offseason, especially given that you don't have a guard in the 2023 class. Syracuse has done a tremendous job bringing guards in with high ceiling, uh, ability to finish, things of that nature, defensive guys, guys with speed, guys that can get out and run, right? The defense leading to the offense with transition buckets. That seems like what the identity wants to be next season in Red Autry's first year at the helm of Syracuse basketball. Your forwards have that potential. Your forwards have shown it. You're looking for your forwards to make that year two jump, which is, as many people point out, our guy Shields on Hoops always talks about it, the year one to year two jump is the biggest jump you typically see in a player's development. And that is what you're looking for out of Justin Taylor, out of Chris Bell. Confidence, a little bit more in terms of the the non-scoring things shooting the ball a little bit better, dribbling the ball a little bit better, rebounding, defending, things like that. You want to see jumps. But what you need to do right now with your Syracuse, because your guard room, your forward room, not bad at all. You need to go out and get a center. You need to go out and get a center now because that is what can put you into a position to compete and to make the jumps that you want to make right now as a program. You have a number of the pieces. You've got every key imaginable, but you don't have, I don't know, the master key yet. And the, the key that you need is a big man to complete the set. It is the last card you're looking for. It is the, the fourth ace you need. It is the final spade in a flush draw, whatever you want to call it. You need a center or else your hand goes to crap, right? Four spades means nothing if you don't get the fifth. And you need a five. Because Monir Hema, I mean, no disrespect to him. He gives his all. He's a hustle guy. But Monir Hema is not the center that is going to bring you to the top third of the ACC. He's not the center that is going to make you a lock on Selection Sunday a year from now. He is not the center that is bringing you to the next level. He is a great backup center. Size can come in and defend, can score occasionally. 
You need to go to the portal. And they have gone to the portal. And you need to lock up somebody in the portal now. The sooner, the better. Get them in. Get them to campus. Show them what is happening. Show them what you want to do. Show them the guys that are coming in, the community, the family, whatever, and get them here. We've talked about most of them. Abu Uzman out of North Texas, a guy with some size, a post-up big, a guy that can rebound and defend with the best of them and can score pretty effectively. A guy from Oklahoma State in Musa Sise with the size, a little bit skinnier, a little bit scrawnier. I wouldn't say scrawnier, just a smaller guy bulk-wise, still seven-footer. Really, really good defensively. Can score, not really an offensive weapon. You got to go out, you got to get one of those two guys or somebody else. I am not going to be the guy that says you need to get Hunter Dickinson. That's not true. Hunter Dickinson would be great, right? No complaints. Throw him, bring him in here. But if you couldn't keep Jesse Edwards NIL wise, how are you getting Hunter Dickinson NIL wise, right? Jesse Edwards ranked, I believe, as the fourth player in the transfer portal uh, in terms of skill. Hunter Dickinson is number one. You got outbid on the, the number four player, unless there is a tank of money that hasn't been depleted from tank or Chance Westry. Uh, I don't know if you have the funds. I don't think you have the funds to do it. So check out Abu's mind. Check out Musa Sisa. Get one of those guys to Syracuse because you are, and I genuinely think this, a center away from getting to the next level, from getting to the top third of the ACC, from being back to where you want to be and putting the sail in motion, the ship in motion, the ball is rolling back where you need to be to be successful as Syracuse basketball. Go get a center, figure it out, and you will have a successful season next year without question. That is what you've done. And you've done it, and I don't want to sound like a hypocrite today, because yesterday on that episode, I was fired up. I was angry. I am not here to say that my opinions on Syracuse's NIL handlings have changed, because they have not. But this is good news today. This is news that sets you in the right direction. And this is, I think, an incredible nod to Adrian Autry, the coaching staff, you know, throw McNamara in there, throw Griffin in there, throw Brendan Strawn in there. And their ability to recruit and get transfers without the help of NIL that other schools are benefiting from, without the same help, without the let's go haywire, because right now there is no oversight. As Brennax put it, we're on a highway. There's no cops. You know there's no cop. You can drive as fast as you want in Syracuse. And the NIL conversation is going 30 miles an hour with the blinkers on, with the hazard lights on. Let's get to that next level. But this coaching staff has done an outstanding job of bringing players in without the full bidding war that you are seeing from some other spots. So I will give them that nod. Uh, I will say that, uh, that this is a big ad. In terms of potential, this is not a guarantee. I will say that before I close. This is not a guarantee in Chance Westry. A guy that you know didn't produce necessarily statistics-wise in 11 games in year one. A guy that was battling injury as rationale for those statistics. 
a guy coming back from injury that you hope makes the jump and you hope begins to play once again at the caliber player he was out of high school. The ceiling is high. But unfortunately, the floor is low as well because of the injury and the question marks that surround them. I lean towards this is going to work out. If I am going to predict, uh, I, I lean towards that this is going to work out. But I would be lying to you if I said that there is not a very plausible reality where this doesn't work and Westry is not able to, to come back from injury. And that means that's not me making a knock on him. That's not me you know, thinking badly of him. That is the reality of knee injuries. People who have knee injuries, they get another. They have another knee injury. I got cousins, torn ACLs. They tear the other ACL. A lot of people, torn ACL, tear the other ACL, hurt one knee, gets hurt again. It's a re-injuring thing. It's just the reality of things. How do you come back from injury? Westry strikes me as the athlete, as the motivated player, as the guy that wants to figure this out, be healthy, and be a stud, which I think points us in the right direction as we continue on for this season. All right, that'll do it for this episode. A big day in terms of Syracuse basketball. A big day uh, on your Locked on Syracuse Tuesday. Thank you for making Locked on Syracuse your first listen today and every day. Free and available wherever you get podcasts. Uh, I'm Owen Valentine. If you don't subscribe yet, please do. goes a long way. Subscribe, I believe, right there. Uh, there's another video for you probably right around there. Uh, hit that subscribe button. Turn the notification bell on. Get instantly notified when these videos go live. Uh, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Owen. Be kind. Make someone smile today, and I will catch you tomorrow.